Hey people, it's Brian here. Um, This is a long-awaited uh, episode I've been wanting to do for a while about sugar. Sugar is sweet, but it's bittersweet. It is not your friend. If you have a sweet tooth, I've got bad news for you. You're going to have to cut down. If you want to live longer. And now, according to science, if you want to stave off Alzheimer's. Sugar used to be rare in nature. The caveman, which had pretty much the same DNA as we, only rarely got a taste of sweet from berries or fruit or honey. But sugar lights up the pleasure centers of our brain. And now it's everywhere. And it's added artificially into almost all of our food. Even salty foods have sugar added in them to camouflage the chemicals. Read the labels, and if you like sugar, and there's nothing wrong with liking sugar, uh, start by reducing the quantities. When I was a student, I drank coffee to keep me awake to study. And I didn't really like the taste of coffee. And I used a lot of sugar. I put like four teaspoons of sugar in my coffee. And a friend of mine convinced me that that sugar was evil. So I weaned myself off of it. And I discovered that I really liked the taste of coffee after a while. I stopped putting four. I started putting just two teaspoons. And like most things... It's a habit. And if you have sugar cravings, it's not even really your body's needs because the body can create glucose, which your brain needs, from protein and fats. The thing is that glucose from sugar, it's a quick fix because every cell of the body can use glucose immediately. And that's what it's going to do if you consume it. So cut your sugar as fast as you can, as low as you can, but keep it real. Aside from that, there are hacks so you can continue to consume, you know, eat ice cream or an occasional donut, but not as a snack on an empty stomach. No, you should consume glucose as a dessert because it won't spike your glucose and your insulin as much. So if you're going to want to eat that ice cream or 
that donut or that sugary yogurt. Make it a dessert after a meal full of protein and fiber. The other thing is that sugar isn't just sugar or honey. It's also carbs. I'm not a keto guy. You can't... Well, it's good. To, I'm, I'm a low-carb guy. I try to be con conscious about my carbs. But carbohydrates ultimately are turned into glucose in your body. And so the keto people, they keep off uh, carbs. But you can't do that for too long because you have to cycle it. Because if you keep off of carbs and sugar too long, when you do go to that birthday party where your niece is having chocolate cake and you eat it, if your body's gone for too long, not coping with it, it's going to have a huge spike a huge glucose spike and insulin spike so it's all about balance so you should do carb conscious eating and if you're going to have a plate of spaghetti for example before you eat it there are two hacks one is that you serve yourself a large glass of water with some apple cider vinegar in it and anything else that will help you find the taste more palatable, a bit of lemon juice, a bit of a cinnamon or something, shortly before you eat. And that will help your body reduce the glucose spike that the pasta will create. The other thing is to have a salad of uh, or fiber in general. A spinach salad, a small spinach salad before you have your pasta will coat your stomach and slow down the intake of glucose that will help you reduce the glucose spike, which is so harmful. So, you know, we don't even really need to consume that much sugar because the body produces it from protein and fat through a process known as neoglucogenesis. Flour, white flour, white bread, empty carbs, uh, empty, uh, these things you need to reduce from your diet. If you like them occasionally, much less often, because they can be delicious. The French baguette can be delicious, but you can have a, uh, a traditional French baguette made with buckwheat flour or with buckwheat flour mixed in it. That reduces the glycemic index. There are all kinds of hacks you can do, but sugar is not your friend. The other thing about glucose is that cancer loves glucose. And 
you're in this state of ketosis, you can starve off the cancer. people, here's another episode of slowing down the inevitable embarrassment of growing old. And today, one of the most pleasant biohacks ever is the sauna. Now, I've been taking a sauna after my gym workouts for years. And occasionally, just for uh, an occasional uh, break and sort of luxury spa and I always thought it was always about detoxing the system, sweating, getting you know the toxins out. But recent research has shown that sauna does much more than that. There are actually some metabolical pathways that are triggered by intense heat that is produced by the sauna that have a mimetic effect that, in other words, imitate physical activity. In other words, it kind of makes your cells at the cellular level think you're working out. It's a mild stress, and, uh, but it's extremely pleasant. And uh, it helps you to relax. If you can stand it, the traditional thing to do in places where the sauna is part of daily life, like Finland, Estonia, Russia, is to jump into a cold lake or take a cold shower. Now, it's not always easy. It doesn't even have to be very long. But that shock sends uh, signals to your body. Uh, it kind of... It creates a stress response. And uh, before you took the cold shower, you had uh, electrical level in your cells at given a normal level. And then you take that cold shower and it spikes. But then when you relax from the cold shower, it goes well below the level that you were at before you went to the sauna. So the cold shower is not something necessarily you want to entirely skip, although uh, it's not very easy always. And it, it is optional. I think you get plenty of benefits just from the heat exposure. Uh, heat, it would appear, also helps your cells to undo the bad folding of proteins in your body because you have plenty of proteins in your body and when they're not being used so much, if I've correctly understood, they get folded and they don't always get folded properly, especially over time. And uh, the sauna apparently helps the heat shock, it's called the heat shock treatment, uh, allows the body to undo some of that and prevent that. So that's another anti-aging effect of the sauna. And a lot of people go to the sauna thinking it helps them lose weight. Uh, 
it really, really does. Uh, sometimes I've noticed that I can lose a pound and a half, almost a kilo, in a, a session, but that's just water loss. And uh, the minute you rehydrate, that's back. But it's still very beneficial and it's such a pleasant habit. So most people don't have a sauna in their home like many people do in Finland or Estonia. And the best way to get a sauna often is to be a member of a sauna. Most saunas are in a gym. And if you take your sauna after your workout, it's like it's adding to the benefit of your workout. The only thing is that uh, other studies have shown that if you take a, too much of a cold shower after a sauna, after a workout, it may, that adaptive process to stress that the cold shower allows may actually uh, lessen the beneficial effects of the exercise. So it's best not to take a very long cold shower after exercise. It's better to do it in the morning or four or five hours after your exercise, according to what I've understood from the experts I listen to. And aside from that, in Finland, where people take saunas all the time, they even do studies on uh, comparing the heart disease incidence of people who only take a sauna once a week compared to those who do it four or five times a week. And even there, there are significant reductions in all heart-related disease. So, if you're not a proponent of the sauna, if you're not used to it, uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Uh, it might take getting used to, but it's, uh, for me, it's most the most agreeable biohack there is, except for a good night's sleep. Uh, so, check it out. <laughs>